What's up, guys? Before we get started today, uh, the Jersey Wall Podcast would just like to offer its sincerest condolences, prayers, thoughts, and love to the people of Ukraine right now. Obviously, we're not in great times, are we? we? We've just gone through a pretty rough couple of years, and now it seems like we're leading right into something monumental again, and we're praying that that isn't the case. Um, for everyone affiliated with the Jersey Wall Podcast, myself, Nathan Santos, Mina, and anybody else uh, affiliated with the show, offer everything that we can to the good people of Ukraine. Uh, we love them. We support them. And this week, instead of doing something that has to do with current events, we're talking about the, the wonderful world of footy. We're going to talk about how football is important and why we need it and how it brings people together. We hope you enjoy. It doesn't feel like a natural shift now to do our ad read, but we still have to, right? We still got to pay some bills here. We still got to shout out the very good people over at ElmontUtsoccer.com. And instead of doing like a wonderful segue like I normally would, I just want to tell you guys again, kind of like we did last week by just straight up addressing it. Mina, you know what's a really, really, really nice website? I'm guessing it's ElmontUtsoccer.com. It's ElmontUtsoccer.com, dude. The absolute best website on planet Earth and the proud sponsor of this podcast over at ElmontUtsoccer.com. It embodies what we do here, right? It's superlative quality on display. It's affordable, yeah. like ridiculously good quality jerseys. By the way, build your own jersey wall at a fraction of the cost. The more that you get, the more you'll save. Not to mention... When you enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout, you'll save even more money. Is that not the best deal you ever heard? Oh my God, it's absolutely the best deal I've ever heard. You're telling me I'm getting great quality for cheaper prices and I also get a discount? Come on, man. Imagine that, bro. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com. The link is in our description and this is the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save even more money. Guys, today we have a wonderful show in store. Mina, it's good to have you back, bro. I missed you. Good to be back. I miss you too. I'll soon be back in person and we can see each other. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I feel like I'm saying that and you're saying that to me every couple of weeks here. It's getting it's getting ridiculous, but nonetheless. Dude, today what I want to talk about and, and the reason that you know the episode feels a little bit different this week is because it is, right? And like I said off the mm -hmm. top, normally we want to be the escape. We don't want to necessarily talk about everything that's going on, but this week I think, you know, is the time for positivity. And so I just want to talk about, literally off the cuff, just between you and I, about what makes this beautiful game so special, right? How does football unite us all, especially in difficult times like this? And we're going to talk about a lot of things, a lot of the implications and, you know, everything related to the subject. But I think that beyond just what's going on in the world, the sport offers a lot, right? It offers a lot of humanitarianism. It offers a lot of compassion. You know, we feel the emotions of you know, celebration and, and, and then the, the devastation of defeat. There's a lot of emotions in the sport. And, and a huge one is what happens off the pitch, right? Just when players come out yeah. draped in the flag of another country in support uh, of the show, or if a player is injured and, and they're all wearing his jersey just to show their support for it. Like, there's a lot that this game has to offer. And I just want to talk to you about some of the, the good things. How does the sport unite us all? Yeah, well, you know, obviously there's the obvious one where more than half the people on the planet watch the, the World Cup final every time it's on. Like, that's insane. Like, when when you're in a, a big group of people in person, you tend to, like, take it in a little bit. You take in the atmosphere, and, and you're like, all these thousands of people are here just to for this one thing, like, to just watch 22 people run around. Um, like, when you're at BMO Field, for example, like, even even if it's, a smaller stadium than the ones that you get to see in, you know, across the world. It's still crazy that all these people congregate to this one area to watch 22 people kick a ball around and they feel extremely strongly about which, you know, color shirt is, is on display. Okay. But when you're talking about more than three and a half billion people every year or every four years, watch the biggest game that there is in sport. That's, that's crazy. It's, it speaks volumes that it's actually like there are more people versed in the language that is football than any other language in the world. And that's insane. No kidding. Yeah, it's well said. And honestly, like, yeah. And when you think about it, if I were to go with you to Egypt, just by example, yeah. right? I don't speak a lick of Arabic. Right? I, you know, I can write in Arabic. We all know that. 
Uh, I'm sick of writing in Arabic. I don't know what I'm saying, but I can definitely make make the symbols. Um, but I could pick up a ball and start playing, right? And you know, we see the videos sometimes circulating on Instagram. Maybe it's it's on four three three or it's on Bleacher Report, wherever it is, of just people who pick picking up a ball and doing keep ups on a beach in Brazil. And you're like, man, I yeah. do that. Like it just seems so fun, right? Every every element of it. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of negatives in the sport as a whole. And you know, it's not to say that there's not corruption in the sport and there's not you know tremendous disparity. Uh, but overall, when we all just come together to watch something or to be part of something, it's such a feeling of, of being united. And I think that's what we need more than ever, especially now. And so, you know, on the note of positive topics, I want to just hear from you, like, tell me, dude, because maybe it's a story you've told me before. Maybe it's one I've never heard, but I want, but it'll certainly be one that the listeners have never heard of before about the very first game that you attended. What was the first game you ever attended live? And you were like, dude, I, ah. this is the best. Okay. so. First game I attended would have to be, I believe in, it was in 2009 uh, at Wembley. It was, it was great. And my family and I all went. Um, that was the first game you ever around, attended? Before you attended March a game time, in yeah. Egypt, you went to a game at Wembley? Yeah. Like in first game in person or the one that I vividly remember the most. Maybe right. I went to like, a game or something like that before that. But that, that's not my first memory at a stadium. And mm. Or even at, at like a professional game. I think I, I definitely met the the Egypt players when they were at Ascon here in Egypt in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, we we knew the hotel they were staying at, and and we all went and and took pictures <laughs> of them and stuff. So that was cool. But that is cool. Uh, in in 2009, I got to see the then 2008 Ascon winners back to back. By the way, uh, don't you forget <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, we went to go see Egypt play England at Wembley Stadium. And funny enough, I was I was like full on prime Premier League Mina at the time, and I was actually supporting England on during that game. Of course, bro. Because <laughs> I went to see a game, and it was like Wayne Rooney was was playing. Yeah, Lampard, Gerrard, you know Beckham. Um, Skulls had retired from international football, but you know John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, all those guys. It was insane. It's like the golden era of English football yeah. playing the golden era of Egyptian football. And Peter Crouch scored a brace. Um, I can't remember who scored England's third goal, but it was it was insane. Like you don't realize how tall Crouch is, but in the stadium, it's crazy. He's so he's so tall. There was a there was a, a goal that he scored. It kind of just like dinked it over the keeper. It was past him. He dinked it over Hadri. Right. And like the, you could see the guy was looking at him like so so far. It's so high up. He's like couldn't even maintain eye contact with the ball or anything. Um, but yeah, Egypt lost three one that game. I think they were they played us because they had Algeria in the group stages right. of the World Cup in two thousand and ten. So they wanted to get used to that kind of football. And mm-hmm. because we had played Algeria in the knockouts, they um they 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 had a match against us. Like they fixed a you know. Um, what's it called? A friendly match against us before the World Cup. So that was cool. It was a great little experience. It was a what nice was the atmosphere like? Because for like a friendly uh, it was, at Wembley, it was nice. like was it like was we it packed or was it stand. was it like yeah, you know yeah. kind of empty? Like what well, I can't even imagine. Capacity of Wembley is like ninety thousand. So even if it was half full, it's still bigger than most stadiums. You know. Yeah, it was packed, but I was also eleven. So it's right. It, you kind of just don't realize how crazy things are and. and the magnitude of stuff like yeah. famously kids go say like how old are you a million like yeah no exactly <laughs> um, right and, and it was it was just a nice vibe right like it was um, my parents my sister and i went to the game and it was like family in the family section of the stadium so there weren't that many hooligans or people getting drunk or anything yeah that's good it was just a nice warm vibe right no that's really nice man like i remember the first game that i remember going to was um, a Toronto FC. I think it was against Dallas. And it would have been sometime in the, let's see, if TFC was founded in 2007, it was sometime in the 08, 09, you know, 10, like season, somewhere around there. Around the same time frame, yeah. Right. So while you were at Wembley, I was at BMO Field before it was, <laughs> when it was still only half a stadium at the time. It was freezing. There was no upper deck. There was no ceiling. There was no light. There was oh, nothing. No. It was just like a park. Right. Pitch. Yeah, it was a it was a pitch. It maybe sat if it sits thirty thousand now. It maybe maybe sat like fifteen then. I would imagine at the absolute <laughs> most. And TFC were literally the worst team on planet Earth, right? And if it's not bad enough that they lost, I believe it was six one on the day. I could be mistaken, but if not, it was 
It was pretty bad. Oh boy. If not for that, the worst part is that it was absolutely horrid. The conditions were so cold because oh, you're right on the lake shore, right? So it's freezing cold. Like there's a nasty wind tunnel and there's no overhead things. You're just at the top of the stadium. Okay. Because it was pouring rain, we thought we could get away with having an umbrella. The fact that we were in the what the equivalent of the nosebleeds of the stadium, we thought we could get away with mm. having an umbrella. There's a no umbrella rule. No. And so we're like, oh. but there's no one here. And they're like, yeah, but it's because of obstruction and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, my dad's like, no, no, I understand that. There's no <laughs> one here. There's no one here. No one's around us. No one's behind us. There's literally like, it's impossible for... Uh, for us to be distracted, what, the players? The professional athletes out there are going to be like, is that an umbrella? Oh, we conceded again. <laughs> and to be honest, maybe they did. Maybe it was our fault that they lost so bad. But it's the first game I vividly remember, like the first footy match that I vividly remember attending. And despite how terrible it was, it, that's the local team, right? So you're just like, yeah, oh, these are the boys. And I've been to how many? Probably like, 50 TFC games in my life. Like I've been to a ton of TFC games and I, you know, that some of them are, you know, pristine summer Saturday afternoons where you're just going mm, like you enjoy, you're in the very, very night. You're, you, you know, you got good seats. I remember I was sitting in a section that happened to be like a Kellogg's frosted flakes section where they, I guess our area <laughs> won a sponsor award. I, I don't know. I don't remember. Again, I was really small. Brilliant. And um, so anyway, the point was everyone in the section would get to meet a player from the team and shoot a penalty oh, no against Tony the Tiger on the pitch after the game. Yo, that's sick. And so I remember and I had my, I still have it, my TFC jacket signed by Junior Dos Santos, who at the time was TFC's best player by far, despite being trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we met him after the game, but we all lined up. Everyone in the section, it's probably more than 100 people. We all lined up to take a penalty. And uh, I took a disgusting penalty against Tony the Tiger. I, no, no, because I knew he wasn't going to dive, right? So right. I absolutely, like, postmarked it. I put it, like, right nice. where a stamp would go. Top right corner, posting in, in the, right in the top <laughs> right, just to have Tony the Tiger look at it and me be like, yeah. And I cooked, I kicked this in, like, skateboarding shoes, right? My DCs on my Brilliant. feet. Absolutely blasted yep. it. Grabbed my box of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. in the eye. Went to, Yeah. <laughs> I gave him the Jorginho hop. <laughs> I went and I... Um, yeah, like, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch anyway. <laughs> actually, yo, Frosted Flakes in. was my absolute favorite cereal. So for me, it was, an, it was a dream. It was a dream, bro. Yeah. Scoring against, against Tony the Tiger, winning a box, and then going to meet a player who I could not speak to because he didn't speak any English. My, he spoke Portuguese. My dad spoke with him. <laughs> but he signed my, my jacket. Shame and, on you. It was little Nathan Santos not speaking Portuguese. Come hey, on. it wasn't my decision, right? If you're little, you just you just <laughs> learn whatever you're taught. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I speak French to the players, but none of them spoke French. <laughs> and so it was, I don't know, it's just part of those, you know, remembering kind of the warm feelings. And those are different games, right? Complete opposite ends of the spectrum. One was like a terrible loss. Mm. And I, you think I remember the score of the game when I went to go kick a penalty? I don't remember, right? I just remember walking no, on the grass in my soccer shirt. It didn't matter, Yeah, right? Would you say that the Wembley game, I mean, that for you had to be like the best one you ever attended, right? In terms of the game, yes. Not in like, terms of the atmosphere. Like what was the best? Yeah, in terms <clears throat> of the atmosphere. Like in terms of, because obviously you'll remember that one the most, being a kid seeing your idols play. That's right here. Yeah. Okay. Let's revisit that's that one. Right yeah. Here. The one that's never left your virtual background here. You fulfilling your dreams the, going to Old Trafford, right? Yeah. The Wembley game by far was the best amount of players I saw on the pitch. Right. Second to that. It's, uh, I don't know if you'd for sure know, but the listeners probably won't. I went to a, a Legends game in the summer with my cousin yeah. Rogi. Shout out to him at the camp now. Oh, uh, Barcelona Legends versus um, versus Man United Legends. And oh, I, think, I thought it was AC Milan. Oh, come on, man. No, of course. Why would I go to AC Milan? The Legends um, of AC Milan, bro? Are you kidding? They're no, probably, of course I, I think they got the if most I'm legendary the area, ever. <laughs> if I'm in the area, I would. But we didn't plan on going to Barcelona when the game happened. We mm -hmm. planned on going to the game and it happened to be in Barcelona. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The trip was planned around the game because Rogi is a, is a Barcelona fan. I like Barcelona, but I'm also a United fan. And, yeah. and the feelings towards each, each other's clubs were pretty amicable. Right. So the legends are great. Got to see Dino, not make a bunch of United players. Yeah. And United ended up, ended up winning. So that was that was a win-win for me. And you had good seats. Um, yeah. We had I remember you sending me pics, bro. I, the one time I went to the camp now, I, had, I didn't have good seats. 
I had terrible. No, seats. but you went to the league game and you saw Lionel Messi. So I don't know if you can you know, complain here. It's interesting because people make that argument. You right? saw they'll, they'll Prime say, MSN, right? I did see. Uh, yeah, it probably was around the same time. But it's funny because you so look you back on the about? game. Well, the interesting part of that is people will say, you know, I got to see this player live and this player was, you know, uh, you know, you compare this player to this player and this one's so much better live because you see, do you know what happened when I watched Lionel Messi play? And I watched Barcelona absolutely destroy, I think it was Getafe. I watched Andreas Iniesta for 90 minutes and I did not yeah. take my eyes off him because I, I, I couldn't. Like, yeah. I couldn't. This yeah. is the thing. I would have loved to have watched another player. I'm looking at some uh, one of the greatest teams ever assembled and it's just one player running the game. And it's something that you never mm-hmm. realize. I mean, maybe you can when you're watching on TV, but you have to be looking for it when you're watching on TV. Yeah. Right? When you're there in person, you're just seeing every aspect of one player that you watch. And you and see like, the big picture, yeah. This guy's crazy. And the and the camp now pitch is gigantic. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, the stadium is massive and they're expanding it even more. Well, I don't know if they are now because yeah, they don't no have money. money, but yeah. The um, Spotify section. <laughs> yeah, when you're at exactly when you're at a game, you get to scan the entire pitch and you can follow one player for the whole 90 minutes. And it's it's amazing that you get to do that. And honestly, like it's a massive privilege for anyone that gets to go regularly to the European games. It's unbelievable. Because I envy them. It was enough for me to watch like Juan Mata do his thing. Because it's like for me, <laughs> watching watching the like beat United team was amazing because you get to see the level of the B team and you're mm. like, oh my God, if this is the B team, how that, how how great do these other players look, right? It's like if you take um, a championship player and, and bring him to the park, into your local park, he's going to play through absolutely everyone. Yeah. But but you bring him to the Premier League and, he, and all of a sudden it looks like garbage. Right. So it, just to see how quick someone's someone like Juan Mata's feet are in person, and taking into account yeah. he's extremely old and extremely and not known for pace. Yeah, no, this isn't the PFA player of the year one time. This is like no. 10 years removed from that. Exactly. So how how quickly can someone like Messi's feet be or someone like Bruno or, yeah. you know, or they're like Sancho's dribbling? And uh, and yeah, I didn't get to see that, but it's, it almost didn't matter because this was by far the best atmosphere I've been to. And, and yeah. like, it's the one I remember the it's most. It's a dream come true, because, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm also older. I've right. gathered all this knowledge about the club's history, about football in general, just yeah. learning what tactics are and 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 styles of winning games and going through everything that you know that United have been through for the past seven years or eight nine years. So it's it, you get to appreciate a lot more when you're older, whereas when you're a kid, you just kind of go with the atmosphere and go with the vibe and, and you yeah. have fun regardless because you like you're not looking out for something you're just right. there to have fun yeah but here i was aware of why i was having fun and it was and it and it stirred up the like little child in, inside of me yeah it's, it's absolutely the dream come true so it's definitely the one that i can i'll remember the most because walking into wembley didn't get to take it all in but here as you know quite well like you can tell from the picture for people who can see it i was one of the earliest ones inside yeah <clears throat> excuse me i you know just took it all in you kind of appreciate the pitch and who has played on there before and not just united players but opposition players as well and it's like there's so much history in these grounds and yeah. and and honestly if you like skin all of that back it's so comparable to us playing football on on a five-a-side pitch yeah. Or in the street, or you know, just going out and playing with friends with like a, a rolled up sock, or like yeah. doing keepy ups with a balloon at home. Right. It's in essence, it's the same thing, but it feels like a world away, and I think that's what kind of like draws everybody to it. Yeah, I, you know, like I, I want to go back to to the game that I saw at uh, at the camp now, because you know, it, it was it's an interesting story. I don't know if I've told it on the show before i hope i haven't because i i think this would be a really nice time to to break it out but i'm sure i've told you about it before um so when i went it was part, as part of the europe trip in grade 12 right and mm-hmm. we happened to be in barcelona on a saturday right and barcelona happened to be playing that day and we had some <laughs> free time in the city and i said well we have to go and mm-hmm. you, you guys know i'm not like a huge barca fan or anything it just it didn't matter it was like no this is a game at right. the camp now in Barcelona and I'm in Barcelona and I have four hours to kill. Like this, there's nothing I'd rather do here. 
yeah. what they told me, because I was still, you know, I was 18, but as part of the tour group, you can't go unattended. You can't go unsupervised. So what they told me was, Nathan, you have to have enough people go with you so that we can justify having a teacher come with you. Because if the teacher mm-hmm. goes with you, then then it's fine. It's like going in a small group. So I rallied the troops, right? I, I told them, <laughs> I, I brought everybody around and I said, listen, I, I know that, you know, I'm the I'm the soccer fan here. I know that you guys probably, because at the time, remember, I had NSUsports.com. I was writing blogs and stuff. Yeah. And so they, they you know, kind of knew me for that, right? Even people now kind of know me for that, just for, oh, the jersey, well, oh, the soccer guy, right? Right. But to sit people down who didn't care about the sport and convince them why this would be a life-changing event for them. And I told them, I was like, listen, Barcelona are going to smash them. It's going to be like 6 nothing, And it was. And that's what it finished. And then <laughs> exactly I looked like, like, like a mogul, right? I'm just like, yeah, well, listen, I, t- I told you guys it would be 6 nothing. It was 6 nothing. <laughs> I was prepared to spend every dime that I had to, to attend that game. And I didn't have good seats. I had like about as far back as you could possibly get, all right? Oh, my God. Sitting in rows. And you know about my LFS, right? My long femur syndrome. I got these long mm-hmm. legs. So I, you know, I'm sitting at the top where I have to almost be like sitting in splits because my knees literally can't go forward. Yeah. Celebrating every Barcelona goal as though I'd been a fan of them for 25 years. That's because exactly the, it, yeah. the infectious atmosphere of having 90,000 people watching 22 millionaires kick a ball around it's just unheard of. Like when you simplify it, when you put it in the in the lame in the you know lamest terms, it sounds like a cult. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds so stupid. But then you're you're sitting there watching it, and it's not even like we got all the seats together because it was almost sold out. So the closest person sitting mm. to me was like two or three rows ahead of me, right? <laughs> and so I'm watching from here, and she's watching from there, and then other friends are sitting, you know, all over the grounds, scattered across the country. scattered across them. And I, I just remember sitting there talking to them, th- telling them guys, I know you don't care about soccer. And maybe it was just my passion for it that made them be like, okay, we can't deprive this guy of this. Or maybe it was (laughs) the fact that I convinced them that this was something they needed to see. The, the, the vindication moment was, you know, the explosion of the crowd. It was everybody cheering together at every goal and every event that happened. And I remember buying a Barca jersey and just being like, ah, I, like I, it's Never this one right here. It, yeah. I still have it, bro. It's the messy right here. Of course, I That's still have brilliant. it. I spent 108 euros on this. Like it's the most. It's such an outrageous yeah, purchase. He's... But I was like, I'm here. How could I not? Yeah. I put it on. I I took a picture outside the grounds. I took the picture at the stop. It was just fun. And I would like to say that's the best team I've ever seen, like play live because it'd be very hard to argue against that. That year would have been. 2016 so right around yeah they were defending treble champions yeah it was msn like it was pretty peak msn and um i would say that that's the best one but i've actually seen a game here too at the rogers center in toronto which was uh chile versus brazil okay did i tell you about this one have i mentioned this one before no you no you have not okay so Random. I've been to a lot of games in my life, but it's like to reminisce on them is interesting. And, and all of them have a point. I'm not just saying these just as, as random stories. I'm saying these because it's all different times. I'm not Chilean. I'm not Brazilian. The <laughs> Rogers Center seats about 60,000 people. There were 60,000 people at the Rogers Center in the dead That's of winter crazy. watching Chile take on Brazil on the worst laid pitch I've ever seen. The, the turf so bad that players were tearing their ACLs running on it. I remember, yeah. I think it was David Luiz doing a full splits because he stopped at the edge of two um, pieces of sod and just, just absolutely Ooh. fell. And, you know, I don't remember the score of the game, but I remember seeing David Luiz. I remember seeing, you know, Hulk. I remember, like, there was proper players oh, no who turned up. And I'm like, like, Alexis Sanchez was there, bro. And I'm like, this yeah. is crazy. Because at the time, Alexis Sanchez was a decent player. No, he was sick. Anyway, it's just like, there's so many That's things. Amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, I, I want us to, to kind of, because we're talking about this and the unity, and I hope everybody listening to this is like feeling this, like feeling it like how we're feeling it. And I know that we're talking about our personal stories, but listen, even if you're listening to this and you've never been to a live footy event, for one, you have to go and reach out to me. I'll go with you. We can go to a TFC yeah. game any weekend you want. All right. Do we can fly to Europe yeah. and go to any game you want. I, I'm there. All right. If you've never had a chance to go, go. But even if you've never been to a footy game, the atmosphere of, of even sports culture, you could argue, is pretty similar. But because I've been to a lot, you know, games of other sports too, footy's different, man. Footy's different, especially if yeah. you're a footy fan. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And I hope I get to, 
go to the you know teams of clubs I actually support in Europe, right? I hope I get to go to a city game. I hope I get to go to the Bernabeu. Right? I really can't wait for you to to do that. I'm like, gonna go. I've, My dad has already told me he's like, no, Nate, we're gonna go. I promise. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the way that you are happy for me being at Old Trafford, I want to see that smile on your face, and I'm, that's what I can't wait for. It'll and never I, go away. I couldn't care for City any less, but I can't like I can't wait for you to go and experience that because that's a level of a smile that that you'll never be able to like smile the same way ever again. Right. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, The Mask, the, the Jim Carrey movie? Yeah. Where, you know how his smile in that? He was Legendary just like, yeah. it's like as p- giant as possibly can because he has the most like most control over facial muscles as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. So he has just absolute like smile up to his eyeballs. That'll be me. And yeah. <clears throat> on the note of like, on t- you know, terrific smiles, if we can even transition this to beyond just having going to games and seeing them, what about the camaraderie? What about the the impact on the pitch, right? And it, you and I were never high-level players. You and I were just people who played just from the same passion we had from watching, right? Can you tell me about, I don't know, maybe it was like your favorite memory on a team or just favorite time playing or just anything, man, just of you being on the pitch, some fond memories that you have. Some fond memories. Um, just a, none from Al Ahli, but Al Ahli, as you know, is the club in Egypt that, um, and I was I was at the academy there briefly. But just having that is to me like I'm proud of that because that's yeah. the first team I ever heard of. That's the first team I ever supported. That's the local club. Right. So to be able to have been a part of the academy and the under tolls for as brief as it was, even if it was a day, that was pretty cool. You're their full um, Foden, bro. You're one of their own. Look. They yeah, should have never 100%. let you go, bro. Hundred percent. Look what look um, at you now. <laughs> yeah, look at me now. Hundred percent. Yeah. Back in Egypt, nowhere, <laughs> nowhere near the same level as Tolvi Romina. <laughs> Play against some kids who are U twelve now. You also, your confidence will shoot up. Oh yeah, I'll, like yeah, oh no, I'm saying definitely. But what about like playing on a um, team and stuff? Like, do you remember the the bonds of of friendship that you made, or even yeah, just the great. bonds of rivalries that you made? It's great. We like at school, like school, um, school tournaments between, you know, the classic year 11 versus year 12 um, or the yeah. sevens versus the 11s, the classic like yes. Twitter debates. Those are the those classicos, were, those bro. Were the best time because uh, like Egypt, on it, like just like every other European and Middle Eastern country, like, that's all we do. All we do is play football at a young age. And if right. you didn't play football as, at a young age, you were the weird kid. Mm. Like my cousin always got made fun of because he never wanted to play football, even though he liked watching him playing FIFA. Right. And and he was always made fun of. He, he was always the dork that played piano in the corner. And if that's what you, a nerd. you're doing like... He went on to be Beethoven. Here, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> that kid went on to show us all up. <laughs> he went on to be Elton John. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely used it as motivation. Right. <laughs> but no, like that's all we did. Like every single every single recess, yeah. you go play football, yell at yell at a bunch of people, score twenty five goals, make fifteen assists in the greatest half an hour stat line in history, bro. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and and then you just go back to you go back to class, dripping sweat, and that <sighs> to me is the favorite part of it. Because yeah, we all played at you know, um, I, we all played football for lessons. We all took, we all were playing as part of teams, but the school ones were the best. Those those were the best performances. You think the I've school ones are the best? Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I played even before I was a big fan of like watching footy. I I loved to play. Like it was the only sport I ever played. Always, mm-hmm. I, I would always play footy no matter what. Even again, even if I wasn't watching footy at the time as seriously. And believe me, now I spend like if you know for the past like almost almost ten years, footy has been you know <clears throat> my Six life in terms ago. of watching it. Because yep. I I spend my entire weekends. Somebody once asked me, how many, like, how many games do you think you watch a week? And I was like, well, MLS is back, so now probably even more. But <laughs> normally, I'm like, oh, you know, on a Champions League week, you got at least, you know, at least three midweek games, plus I'd say another five on the weekend at least that I watch. Right, and now MLS, you got some in the evenings. Right, and you got some in the evening. You know, like, I'm watching at least 10 games a week. So that's like, it works out to about, like, 20 mm-hmm. hours a week. I'm like, bro, this is a part... It's like a full-time this job a full-time here that job, I'm doing yeah. because the other part of it is is the content creation element that we've had, mm. right? So it's like trans, you know, making the the passion for it now bring it to a to a new level. But 
prior to that, I was mostly just a player, right? I just enjoyed playing footy. Even if I didn't care to watch, I was like, yeah, whatever. I just, why would I? And this was honestly the thought process of like an eight-year-old Ney, which was, okay, if Portugal playing, I got to watch. I got to watch, right? Because your first allegiance right. is always to your national team, right? And then, or, or for me anyway, because it was just like, they're, they're the guys. And then as you start to watch, you know, you start to grow with a passion of a certain club. However, it resonates with you. It's different for everybody. Maybe it's passed on from a parent or a, a supportive mentor figure. Maybe it's just, you know, the first time you ever fell in love watching the game. But for me at the time, especially being young, I was like, why would I want to be spending hours watching something instead of doing it? Right. And that was the thought process. And so I would play yeah. all the time. And when I played, I was mostly an outfield player. Loved playing striker, mostly. Because I was I was lethal and I was big. I felt a proper Lukaku, a proper drug. Oh, listen, I was a I was LA a has drug got type. nothing on my school stats. Nothing LA at all, bro. No, and that's just it. But then what happened was I started playing keeper because everyone else was too afraid to be in net, right? And because I had because <laughs> I was big, I was like they were like, yeah, okay, play net. And then I ended up you know you know going on from there. And listen, the the story of my. I didn't, I never wanted to be a keeper. I never liked being a keeper. I didn't want to play in that. I love being a striker. It's just that I, you know, faith would have it that I had to become a keeper. And, and, and we went on to be like the worst rep team ever. And I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But on the school pitch at St. Mark at St. Jean-Baptiste, bro, oh, it, it's second to none. Like the skills that I developed on the pitch there, I had some of the greatest stat lines you'll ever see in a game yes. ever. Like these could be a NBA stat lines. You know, like I was putting up double yeah, figures, goals, and triple doubles Thierry, every single you know, week. Thierry Henry's greatest season ever was the greatest season a Premier League player has ever seen, which is more than twenty goals and twenty assists by one guy in a single year. All in all, was forty-four goal involvements in the Premier League. Twenty-four goals, twenty assists in one season. I was doing that every recess, right? Like every, I was cleaning up, right? And I, I think I know what you mean about the bonds that you have just playing in the school because you're right. When it was the younger grades versus the older grades, the younger grades yeah. were all about, I can't lose to the older grades because I'm not inferior just because I'm younger. And if you were the older grades, you were like, I can't lose to these kids who are younger than me. embarrassing. Because it's embarrassing. And, you know, when I was playing for the Clarkson Comets C team, which were, by the wow. way, the worst team in the entire <laughs> world. They, we, we were terrible. There was a lot wrong with us. Um, I, I don't even want to, I could do a whole episode just about how terrible the Clarkson comments were, bro. If I'm just saying, if current Nay was the manager of that team, we would have, we would have won the champions league. It's like, like all the kids, the insight that I have now, bro, I knew, I know how I could have got through to these kids, but, but at the time, bro, that we were, we were, we just weren't there. And so we went three full seasons, three full seasons. We did not win one competitive game. No way. Not one. Not one. That's the exact opposite of Jose Mourinho's at home stats. Literally, for, not for one period. competitive game. And some of them were really hard to take, bro, because sometimes we were driving, you know, several hours to get to a game on a, on a school night. Oh, no. To get battered 10 nothing, And we're like, God, it was just, it was terrible. And as the keeper for the team, I could have put up, and I was putting up consistently, 20 plus saves a game. Didn't matter. Like I was leaking goals like leads on steroids, bro. We were just yep. so open. Anyway, listen, the, here's why I bring this up. Okay. One time our coach organized a scrimmage for us against the Clarkson Comets, a team of the year younger. Okay. Mm. And these kids were, they were very good. They were very well coached. They were very well disciplined. They had their tactics down. And at a young age, if your kids know tactics, it's over, it's over. Right. If right. you don't have, you know, because what makes it fun on the schoolyard is you don't have tactics. You're playing, you know, who are the best skillers and who can use pace power mm -hmm. and, you know, the you know, will to win to push ahead. But when you start to develop tactics, bro, when you have kids playing tiki taka and they're 13, you're like, oh, God, this is going to be Especially tough. Especially since the, the margin between good players and bad players at the time yeah. is so clear to yeah. see like it's so prevalent and kids just run riots around you right and the kids who aren't very good play defense right and the kids yeah. who are good play wingers mostly and there's very rarely a left-footed kid so everybody's usually a left winger right to, to cut inside because <laughs> everyone's Ronaldo and we were again the worst team ever playing against the younger team who was very very good and this was just a scrimmage 
but we played a full game. Dude, we played the most dramatic 3-2 game ever that we won. No way. It was, I'm telling you, dude, what is like, it was the 93-20 moment. It was like the eruption <laughs> of us. We felt like we won the Champions League. For, this was the biggest win of our, it was the only win, but we got it done. And it was like just straight off the training ground. Something about it just meant so much. And we could not carry any of that momentum or form into any of our games ever again. But for yeah. that one day, we did not you want to soul. lose. You sold your soul. We played with everything. Now, realistically, I'm sure that they were, they wanted to win too, but they were working on tactics. They were working through things. They were trying different set piece routines. Right. We had nothing. We scored you know goals we, we conceded <laughs> but overall we got the job done and I'll remember that and I remember thinking to myself in my early days at Ryerson that I wanted to go back and make spoof like mockumentaries about moments like that about even one yeah. that when I was coaching bro when I was coaching this like U10 team and we won the league and it was crazy to win the league with the U10 <laughs> team bro because we were really competitive against this other team and it was just something about like it's deadline day it's us versus them <laughs> It's like the final game of the season. Winner brings home the stupid gold trophy that's like anything but marginally yeah. bigger, right? It's maybe maybe four centimeters bigger than the other trophy. But damn it, it says one instead of two. And that's going to be bigger. us. The absolute best. And I hope everybody listening remembers these feelings. Even if Alex listening, he'll remember because we were on the same teams growing up, bro. Some of these games that we coached and that we played in were felt like every bit as competitive as the Premier League. And you know what? That's why I like the Bundesliga. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, bro. It's just this competition inside where it's just like you're watching it and something about it feels competitive no matter even no matter what the stakes right. are. It's just something about it is like, bro, this is it. We are going to win. We are going to be the best team ever. And that's the essence of it. I think that's what's great about this game. It's like yeah. you no other game you would have Shakira uniting everyone on a YouTube video. <laughs> No other a very good in history would have that. It's fair. Do you remember? Okay, here's the it's thing. Okay, this is a core memory of my childhood. <laughs> Bro, it's a very good point. But you know what? All it of is. us know that song, right? And, and when that comes on, exactly what I'm talking about. No one, like, we don't even have to, like, don't even have uh, to say the name. It's called Hum the Tune. Nope. We don't have to do anything. You all know. You know, know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Do you we know? All I think, PK. Um, oh, of course. To this day. No, it doesn't matter what age we were at the time. We knew no. love before we knew we what love knew. was, and we were like, "Yeah, that's it. That's that's the that's perfection." Yeah, we sure. that was it. Peaked at the time when we <laughs> when we stopped caring about video games. That's exactly um, that made us stop caring about video caring. games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She she trans single handedly brought us to the next phase of our life, bro. That was about the same yeah, time that so. you know what. If I go back and look at like the timeline, that was around the same time that I started becoming more of a watcher of footy and less of a player of footy. Because I was like, "Wow, there you go. I could be, there I could be Gerard Piquet. <laughs> it could be me." Funny enough, do you know what my favorite halftime show is? Tell me. It's the J Lo and Shakira. <laughs> yeah, for the Super Bowl, bro. No question. Jeez, on, not man. even close. Anyway, no. But you were gonna say something else. What were you gonna say before I really yeah. interrupted you? You know what's a what's a core memory of my life? Tell me. Is those ads, those football ads. Remember when Nike and Pepsi used to just rule the world of football ads? Absolutely. Because I have a cup here and, and I can't, I'm not going to show the sponsors, but Michael Owen is on it. Yeah. Well, it very clearly says Pepsi. A little bit. <laughs> it's got Pepsi written. You couldn't hide Pepsi if you had I was black tape. It would still say it. This. Yeah, it, Pepsi is everywhere on this cup. There we go. We have Michael Owen. There you and go. everybody knows how much I hate Michael Owen. The only <laughs> good thing he did in my life was the, that winner against City. But everybody knows how much I hate this it's a hell of a of game, bro. Owen. I still remember that too. Yeah. And you know what? That's actually um, a good next place. Like before, the ads were spectacular. Just And those weren't that long ago. Those were, you know, from 2002 to 2014, there were some really, yeah. really good... and. It was up until 2014, which doesn't feel that long ago. You remember the one that Nike had where it was like people were calling who they were, like, I'm Ronaldo, and he turned into yes, a, I'm Neymar. And they just went into all these different athletes playing. Man, the Pepsi commercials, the Nike commercials, like they had the Pepsi commercials were crazy. to them. Especially yeah. for the South Africa World Cup where it was like Drogba and then Eto'o and everyone. And yeah. then like Beckham was there and Ronaldinho, Michael Owen. 
all of those different guys on this like because it, it was basically our version of football avengers growing up right that's exactly what it is right like you yep. get to see all these different people in the same video or in the same like universe of football advertisements and you got to see the challenge of like Cantona talking through Ronaldo and and Zlatan yeah. and yeah and then you got to see oh the I remember that one bro that they had the you remember the cage matches that they do you remember the Brazil Portugal I was project? just gonna bring up the Brazil Portugal Nike one bro that, that was, that one was of the best that ones. was one of the best ones ever where they just started playing in the training room and then they were just playing keep away and you had Ronaldo was in it and Figo was in it and Rui Costa was in it and freaking Ronaldinho yeah. was in it. like every baller from that generation and that's not even our generation like that was the Just end so much quality that was us like growing up with this but that wasn't even like yeah. that generation this is our generation right seeing these these players now the 2014 like would have been the peak for us but you know it looking back on it now you're like damn those were good and damn we've fallen so far from those and next week's bro talk bro we're going to talk all about some stupid ads because i have so many we have so many bro talks lined up that just didn't feel mm -hmm. right for today but Boy, like I've enjoyed every part of this episode, but one one thing that is also a massive part of this is which we didn't fully get to was was some of the rivalries, right? What did the yep. the rivalries mean to this sport? Because you know, and this goes beyond you know us as players or us growing up and watching this, but it goes you know towards it's not even necessarily the negative feelings of the sport, right? It's just mm -hmm. it's how you feel about another team's colors. Something about that is 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 strangely and you hate them with you just like, hate have we ever complimented Liverpool them. here, bro? It doesn't there's nothing in no person has I've never met a scouse. I've met one scouse person. He's just a lovely dude. And I hate <laughs> his club. Like and I judge him for supporting them. Which is yeah. just insane to it. Can you kind of speak to some of that rivalry? Because obviously you know City has some some good rivalries. We have a pretty good rivalry between us. Doesn't get between mm -hmm. us very much. And um, but United has had some pretty historic rivalries. Can you can you speak to those a little bit? Yeah, and, and the last episode was was like evidence about that because I I have never seen the United Leeds rivalry, and mm. no one told me about that. No one in my family told me about that. It's just I know we hate these guys. Okay, we hate these guys. It's like yeah. you remember when your friends in in school. We're like, oh, I don't talk to this person anymore. So everybody you know doesn't Absolutely. talk to that person anymore. It's the exact same. It's, it's such a cult experience. Yeah. And it's like, oh, the red people don't like the the white wearing people over there. Notice I didn't say white people because I got the profession. <laughs> um, the people that wear red hate the people that wear white over yeah. there. Oh, we hate them too. What did they do? Nothing. They just support a different team. And it's... It's hilarious to me that everyone just gets along with it. Like we hate Leeds, City, Liverpool, and a bunch of other teams. But and, right. and, and rivalries are kind of like it's you know how DC is great because the villains are amazing. Yes, I couldn't it's agree. It's the more. same thing. You can't. You have to have an antagonist yep. to your own protagonist because as a fan of a club, you're the right person, right? You, like, yep. you can't hear someone else's argument for why their club is better than yours. Because you're fully you're fully ingrained into your club, so you're the absolute best, and and everybody else that disagrees with you is an idiot. hundred percent. So naturally, you're like, I hate you. You have like clearly, you're stupid because yeah. you made you took a different you support club, a different you team, so you're and you support a different team, yeah. and automatically, is just something in your brain tells you that you hate this person. hundred percent. Outside of the pitch, different story. Right. So, and, and part of that has become more prevalent nowadays. Remember. Yeah. And part of that has become more prevalent nowadays. As much as you and I feel rivalry, like not just with each other for, for the sides of Manchester, but for like anybody who supports a club, you, you said it really well there, right? Where the competition, right? The, the fact that you have a rival is what makes your team better, right? And if you're just beating everybody and there's no one to, to threaten, you know, you don't feel like you're seeing the best possible version of everything. So you need yeah. a rival to bring the most out of you. Because if you don't have that, listen, I hate Liverpool. I hate Liverpool. But damn it, I would have never seen a Centurion you know, City if not for that. I would have never seen the closest, uh, arguably closest, the best. I mean, it's pretty damn arguable for 98 points and 97 points yeah. between City and Liverpool. It's pretty damn well 
the most competitive a season's ever been because it's about as pristine footballing perfection as you could possibly get. And this season, it looks like we can get something pretty similar of a repeat to that. Right? I still think City are going to win it, but the fact is like there's such narrow margins and Liverpool are what push City to be the best possible version of themselves because they know if they slip mm-hmm. up, who's on your tail? And when Liverpool was ahead a few seasons ago, it brought City to win 14 games in a row because they were like, no, no, no. If we lose a game, we lose the league and we will not yeah. lose the league. And they went on and they won every single game to put that pressure on the other one. And sometimes you're bested. It happens, right? And then you take your your afternoon off and you say, all right, I'm not talking to anybody, especially anybody who I know yeah. who, who supports that club because I hate them. Yeah, we don't, I feel we like don't talk about the Manchester Derby's. No. Unless it was like a draw. We don't like, yeah. <laughs> unless it's a draw, we don't talk to each other for nope. a day. At and least. then we're like, well, that was, that was bullshit. And it's not, and has nothing to do, right. And, and what's the reason you lost? It's the same thing as FIFA. It's like, it's bullshit. That's why I lost. Yeah. It's stupid. Always. It is. has nothing to do. They, do, they weren't better than us. It was just stupid. It was stupid bullshit. And that's why we lost. And that's the, and that's an acceptable response. And to be honest, you don't even yeah. need to have a response. Cause it's like, no, it was just, it was stupid. Like, listen, if sure. that were me and we lost the same way, yeah, it was stupid. Right. I remember we could probably go back and forth of different derbies and stuff of different, mm-hmm. you know, either humiliations or close wins or narrow defeats or whatever it was. And think, you know, we could each look back and be like, hi, I remember the, this goal. And I'd be like, well, remember this? You'd be like, remember that? And I'd be like, well, you remember yeah. this? There's so many different that's things. That's what makes it so great. That's what makes it so great. And that's what I love about it. Because at the end of the day, it's not going anywhere, right? Which means there will never be a person who's right or wrong. There will never be the end of the rivalry. The fact that there would be an end of a rivalry would make it bitter, would make it sour. It would make it suck. So like, he can't get the last word. No. Yeah. He got the last word today. But next time, bro, we're going to freaking kill you guys next time. We, you guys got no shot next time. You know, here's what we did wrong and we're going to fix it for next time. And sometimes, yeah, the, and the, you know. The pain is great because it sets you 100%. up for the best high that you're going to have Absolutely. when you get your revenge back. Yep. Amen. Oh, it's fun. every part of this. But as you said, the the important part of this is for everything we've spoken about today. And, and to be honest, I actually don't mind if we wrap it here because I don't I agree. want this episode to, to go into other things. I want this episode to be about exactly what we spoke about so far, right? Which has just been how this game unites us through different ways, right? Whether it be through competition, through, through core memories, through play, through, through viewership, right? What about when you and I watch together, we go watch a game together Mm-hmm. And we're both neutrals of it. We both hate the other team, right? When you and I watch, you know, for some reason, even the, the game this weekend, we hate Liverpool. We don't like Chelsea. We yeah. hate Chelsea. But we hate Chelsea marginally less <laughs> than we hate Liverpool. So we're cheering for Chelsea, right? And then we celebrate as though it's our team scoring, which exactly. is ridiculous because I would never cheer for Chelsea. I don't want Chelsea to do well. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'd rather, ugh. This literally makes me throw up on to think about it. But again, playing against Liverpool, bro. Then I'm like, yo, Chelsea, are, they're, they're, these are the boys, man. Like Let's it. go. Yeah. London is blue right here. Come on, guys. Get this dub. So no matter where you fall on this spectrum, and, and you know, as we come to a wrap here, what I need everybody to understand is, once again, I will reiterate the point. TJW stands with Ukraine. If there's anything that this podcast can offer, we often try to do is just an escape from the reality, escape from the heartache and from the truths and from the darkness of the world. And where we are now is a place where we can just look at you guys and say, hey, here's been pretty much an hour of the joys of this sport and what it offers to the people, right? What it offers to us as a whole, humanitarianism, the joy, the compassion, the unity, all of these things are important attributes that we need in our day-to-day lives that sometimes we forget. And when things like this happen, there's nothing else to do. There's only us coming together to talk about the joys of the sport and why it's wonderful. And I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Mina. Yeah, there's no better indication than that than the first Christmas in World War One when the British and the German soldiers put down their weapons and played a game of football. And that's, that's and, and then the next day, you just had to go back to it, right? So back to it. It's, it, it allowed them to unite each other to the other soldiers and, and get to know the other people and, and figure out that that's just a human following orders the same way I am. And they might be seeing it from a different view or a different point of view. And um, yeah, like it's obviously I I know a lot of Ukrainians, know a couple of Russian people myself. And, you know, just it's not great. I also want to shout out Yemen, everything that's going on over there as well. Iraq, Syria, Palestine, 
um, Afghanistan, and that's not to limit or downplay anything that's going on anywhere else in the world. But it's 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 important to also shine a light on right. people that don't have the the luxury of of the popular voice. Yep. And I think at times like these, I just try to tune out of the news, contrary to what other people will will do, and try to you know if. If you believe in it, pray for people suffering. If you don't, then send your best wishes, right. and um, and try to appreciate what you have and and the ability to leave your home, go to the grocery store, and come back, and no one has bothered you. You don't have to worry about anything else, yep. and um, and and that's just it. You know, like obviously Egypt has not seen war in my time being here, so thankfully, neither has Canada. But I've been part of a couple of revolutions, and I can't imagine what the other side of that looks like. So. Um, shout out to everybody that has been voicing their opinions. Continue to do so. Obviously, no one can tell you what to say and what not to say. And um, just remember that on the other side of the argument is a human that is maybe disagreeing with you, but most people just want to get on with their day and and go go home at the end of the day and have some food. Same with you know the rivalries in football. The other person is a human that most more often than not wants to just go home and and relax just like you do. So that's all I'll say on, on the, on, on the subject here. That's it. And, and that should be enough for, for us to wrap it here today, guys. We, we apologize if the episode was a little bit light this week, we didn't want to, um, and by light, I mean, in, in terms of time, you know, sometimes we can go for a long time, but I think the subject matter translated. And um, uh, honestly, like where my head's at right now is just, I didn't think it, that it was the right time for us to be just talking about, the current events or other things going on. We do that every week. We talk about in some capacity what's going on and, you know, predicting the landscape and stuff. But sometimes I think it's just remember to, it's important to just, you know, have gratitude, be grateful and 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 reminisce about some of the joys in the world. And, and I hope that that came through today. Anyway, that being said, don't forget to go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 for superlative quality online. Put it up on your wall. Uh, for more from me, you can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on YouTube, where we've acquired like a 40% spike in subs this month. Go join the revolution there. MasterChef Nay on YouTube and MasterChef Nay on TikTok for TJW Bites, which are shorter forms of TJW content. Uh, find the Joyce Wall podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast. And Mina, where can we see more from you? Find me right here next week I know we joked about it a little yeah. bit um, you can find me on Instagram at mina.gali98 and on Twitter I'll play you back if you can find me boom that's it guys we thank you so much for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this week's episode we love you very much uh, and we look forward to seeing you to seeing you back here next week right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast baby woo